popular hot rodding, my car was on the cover with a 66 Chevelle uh, called Goldenrod, Farmer's Goldenrod, it said on the door. Mm-hmm. And it had a blown big block Chevy in it, and it was yeah. tubbed, had center lines on it, and two other cars. At the top of the issue, it says Pro Street. And it says something below that. But anyway, in the article, it says, we see a new trend developing in the hot riding world. We're going to call it Pro Street. Yeah. We feel that these cars exemplify that look. Yeah. And so, for me, I have the first car that was described as those words. And most importantly, I say, have you seen the words Pro Street written mm-hmm. prior, prior to, to that, that. article? Yeah, okay, and, I will post that online. It's like I didn't even post it. Really? Somebody yeah. directly below it says, I think Grumpy Jenkins had the first Pro Street car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like, what? come on. Because he, he drove it in the street sometime. <laughs> hey, welcome to Car Guy Confessions, brought to you by ARP. I'm Jeff Smith. This is my car buddy, Cam Bansy, and car builder, Steve Strope. And we're going to tell you some stories. Welcome to another episode of Car Guy Confessions with Jeff Smith. We have a very special guest. Aww. Very my buddy Scott, my yeah. buddy Scott Sullivan, my, my hero Scott Sullivan, yeah, are both our heroes, yeah, and uh, of course Steve, the wonderful builder, car builder, stroke, whatever I am. We are here at the Grand National Roadster Show. Uh, thanks so much to the guys at the Grand National Roadster Show giving us a spot to shoot at. Yep, and uh, just really, this has been a lot of fun already. Yeah, it's been great, and and uh, so many people under one roof. Yeah, it's. it's I, I mean, literally, if if you could hack it, yes. We could film here continuously with with the, the <laughs> amount of talent walking around out there, or the yeah. amount of history, yeah. the people yes. walking around out here. We could literally yes. like fishing in a barrel. We could yep. stick yep. our hand Just out and <laughs> grab somebody famous and <laughs> As put them in the chair. Yeah. That's that's actually how we found Scott. We just we just snagged him, snagged our hand, grabbed our hand. We knew he was out. coming. Yeah, and coughed all over me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's get started, man. Um, okay. <clears throat> what do you want to talk about? Oh, let's talk about uh, hydrogen power. No, no. Wow. So wow. Let, I'm well, let's, let's start. Let's start way, way back. I don't even remember this. You might. I don't. Uh, where we met? I do not. I don't either. It was Stream Machine Nationals. Stream Machine Nationals. Indianapolis. Probably 1979. Nine. Yeah, with the Nova, right? The Blue yes. Nova. The Blue yes. Nova. Yeah. Because you showed up on Saturday. The show started on Friday, but you showed up Saturday. Is that true? Fashionable. I don't late. remember. I would say probably it was Friday yeah. because okay. we left in typical hot rod fashion. We left at I think four or five in the morning to drive over to Indy. Straight I mean that's through. when we finished the car. Yeah, yeah. And uh, trailered it over right. there and took it off the trailer and at the hotel and drove to the event. And for those of you who don't know, this car to this day, uh, your buddy Rhode Island Ronnie still owns the car. Yes. And and if you were to see that car at this show, you would think it was a contemporary car built over 40 years ago. I mean, yep. just a spectacular car. You have to remember back in 1979, there were people building cars with tires sticking out of the wheel wells this far. And that was okay. Aesthetically, it was less than pleasing, but it was accepted. That was the and norm. And Scott shows up with fat tires and a blower on a, on a Chevy 2, which is not easy to do. Shoehorning, sir. And it blew everybody <laughs> away. Right, so he <clears throat> tubbed. He pushed the tire inside the quarter panel like a pro stock car thus right. the the term pro street right where that kind of derivative All came, came from. from exactly but scott it, there it's, it's arguid arguid <laughs> argued <laughs> some people have said 
<laughs> we know what you meant. Anyway. <laughs> it's me. What do you want? No, Some people have said it's just free, right? <laughs> bite me. <laughs> I can say that one accurately. Yes. So there in history it's it has been just widely discussed that there's other people who may or may not have had tires tubbed in inboard on a streetcar before Scott. Before that. Yeah. Actually, it, it, it's a lot of fun because we have social media. Yeah. And I do belong to a number of social media sites that are geared towards pro streetcars. Yeah. Now, and actually think of, you know, the, the, the superheroes, Rocky Robertson, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Mostly Rocky in particular. Yeah. Will not belong to that club because <laughs> those people are maniacs yeah. and and one of the best one of the best things though uh rocky still you know creeps on it yeah because it's it's inevitable every month and a half someone will post who built the first pro street car yeah yeah and, and then the fight is on instantly right? goes insane yes and yeah. one of the funniest things about that is it eventually turns into, well, in 1866, my great-great-grandfather had a Conestow wagon. He had two sets of wagon wheels on it underneath this thing. And it's like, it turns into who had the first tubbed car on the street. Right. You sure. know what? That question is impossible to answer. Exactly. It's exactly. No, you're not going to figure that out who that right. is. Right. So right. that being said, when I am discussing this matter with people, mm-hmm. I go... Here's how I view it. I don't know, and maybe no one will know who was the first, but it is, for me, easy to say, the first person to bring it in, into the light, being featured in a magazine and done at a very high quality level yes. and a real streetcar level, not a race car, mm-hmm. with somebody threw some headlights on it. So I go, I argue, Scott is the first person to be decorated and to be recognized as a real honest pro street car of show car level, street drivable level, right, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I, I mean, I can, I can, I can beat that. Um, <laughs> one I, of the I'm, things that, uh, <laughs> that um, wh- whenever someone posts something like that and I start reading the comments, I sit there and I read it and I'm like, oh my God. Because, and this is typical internet, in 1979, I took my Nova to the Street Machine Nationals. Yeah. Hot Rod Magazine, Carcraft Magazine, and Popular Hot Rodding all, all photographed car. my car. Yep. Right. My car was in the October 1979 issue of all three magazines. Oh, all three books at the same time. At the time. same time. <laughs> but that's a cool kinda, right that's there. That's kind of like Bruce Springsteen on the cover of Newsweek and Time in the same yeah, week. Yeah, I didn't right? get quite the royalties. I was kind of <laughs> upset about that. I mean, you know, at first you're like, you know. Where's my check? But anyway, um, so in popular hot rodding, and I had the issue, the photograph of the, of the magazine on my phone. Yeah. Uh, in popular hot rodding, my car was on the cover with a 66 Chevelle. Uh, called Goldenrod, Farmer's Goldenrod, it said on the door, mm-hmm. and it had a blown big block Chevy in it, and it was yeah. tubbed, had center lines on it, and two other cars. At the top of the issue, it says Pro Street, and it says something below that. But anyway, in the article, it says, we see a new trend developing in the hot riding world. We're going to call it Pro Street. Yeah. We feel that these cars exemplify that look. Yeah, And so... 
for me, I have the first card that was described as those words. And most importantly, I say, have you seen the words Pro Street written mm -hmm. prior, prior to, to that, that article? Yeah, okay, I, I will post that online. It's like I didn't even post it. Really? Somebody yeah. directly below it says, I think Grumpy Jenkins had the first Pro Street car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like, what? come on. Because he, he drove it in the street sometime. With Correct. <laughs> well, and actually, do you remember um, Jack Roush? Uh huh. Oh, the with silver the um, seventy-four mu Mustang yeah, two. Yeah, seventy-four Mustang two. Yeah. And then yeah. people will say Gary Kolowski's car. Yeah. Which was yes. nineteen seventy-seven. Yes. Uh, but Gary Kolowski's car. No. No, no the, the black fifty-five Chevy. No, oh, the, the black fifty-five. The, yeah. the Who had the Cuda with a Lenko in it? It was a Challenger. A Challenger. Um, yeah, it was Smith's an Evo. Yeah. List. Yeah. List. Yes. He Midwestern was from boy. Detroit, right? Correct. Yeah. Right. That had center lines on it. And yep. Yeah. Yeah. White vinyl top. Car. Yeah. Bad with a Lenko. Oh, yeah. Boy. It had a white Oof. vinyl top. Oof. Yeah. Lenko on the street. And when right. was that? I believe Ish. earlier than me. I believe. Yeah. You're right. Probably 77, 80. Yeah. So the stuff was prowling around, but well, not absolutely. decorated as yeah. Correct. It wasn't Pro called Pro Street. Right. right. But then, like I say, I mean, if you ask any question at all, people will twist that question, answer it oh, the yeah. way they want. Yeah, on exactly. and on and on. Exactly. And, 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 and it... There are, at any given time, there are 200 comments every yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, and, and some of the comments are, I'm going to go get the popcorn. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just like, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Well, and then the car went on deservingly so to get in Hot Ride later on chosen, along with your Cheese Whiz. He has two of the top 10 cars of the decade. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What, yeah. So that's such an impact. And uh, kind of springboarding off that, that's why you were – so influential to me because to, to just to make you feel old um in 79 i was 11 and uh, <laughs> we were only so, 13 yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you were way <laughs> and Punk neighborhood so kid. i'm i'm looking at this stuff and of course hot rod and car craft and popular hot riding and there's plenty of different build styles and different things going. Some guys are more wild than others. and um, But I had always leaned towards, I always liked Scott's uh, design sense because it's very clean and uncluttered and very purposeful, but yet horrifically crazy detailed and finished off. Yes. And um, so I had my own thoughts of how I wanted to do things, but taking from um, one of my music heroes, a bass player named Jaco Pastorius, he said in an interview a long time ago, good musicians don't borrow, they steal. Yeah. You take the idea, but you make it your you own. You make it your own. Right. Spit right. it out your way. Yeah. So that should be. Um, Scott's stuff always but let's take, gave me that influence to do it my way. But. Let's take all this chest pounding and uh, <laughs> shift the conversation slightly. Two, um, you had mentioned you were 11. Yeah. People constantly complain that the youth of today is not are not interested in hot rods. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Yeah. There aren't 11-year-old kids who see the things that you saw. Yeah. The things that yeah. I saw. They don't see hot rods, you know, a, a 57 Chevy with a straight axle, you know, parked on the side of the Cruising road. down the street. Race yeah. car. Yep. yep. They don't see that stuff now. So yeah. it, it makes sense that they don't. They aren't interested in that. Yeah. You yeah. know, over and above the computer, blah, 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 video right. games. But that's... 
and, and also because I think that there's now, like right now, there's so many other things to talk about. There's electric vehicles, and you know, Mike Copeland's doing stuff with hydrogen on a Hemi or an LS motor. Mm-hmm. There's just all these alternatives that that you could still do as hot rods, but now it, it kind of, uh, how do I say this? It maybe um, uh, makes it makes it more generic, I guess. Or, or splits, them, splits them off in different areas. So I, I you know, uh, I think that there's probably some, I mean, there are some extremely talented people, you know. Absolutely. Um, out there doing it, the young guys that are just fantastic. We're this weekend. Yes. There we are. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot of talent. Yeah, and up. there are plenty of young hot rodders, but just not as many. Not as, as many. As yeah. there were. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess all the more reason to stick around and keep doing stuff, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. So one of the things I like to do is always assemble an engine with ARP bolts, and it's not just because they're sponsors, but because it really does work. Um, and and the stuff is fantastic. I never have to worry about it. Steve, you building building cars too? Yeah. Uh, actually, it's part of my baseline design plan when I'm building a car that's going to be shown or featured in a magazine. It's part of the plan right. to have that little bit of diamonds all over the engine bay or in the suspension. Yeah. Yeah, the stuff is beautiful. I remember um, a long time ago I built the uh, first time I ever touched it, 69Z28, all of the uh, water jacket holes had stripped out, yeah. and I learned about ARP studs. So check them out at arp-bolts.com or check out their catalog. You'll find everything you're looking for. Can we jump ahead to your latest creation? Creation? For the 54. Oh, my 54 Chevy? Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, you could talk about that for some time. <laughs> Which, uh, so we just, we just did a feature. For Hot right. Rod, they right. shot it, and they asked me to write it, and we went over a bunch of stuff, and we had some fun with it. And uh, But, I mean, the thing that I thought that was, that, that as I was writing the story, it, it dawned on me that, well, I actually, so I went back to the front and rewrote my introduction, because it's not a pro street car. No. It's not a pro touring car. No. And it's no. not a custom. No. No, but it is all three. And, and how many times... Because uh-huh. I started thinking about this, and I'm not the right person to answer this question. I'm sure there are other cars that would qualify. But the point being is, like, this is really interesting. I had never thought about doing that until I started putting words on the computer. I can't say words on paper anymore but because we do it electronically. But it's like, this is interesting. And I'm sure that was at the very front of what you were trying to do because you have a vision before you even start, right? Yes, and it's funny because... Everything that I build, I don't think about labels. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, and actually, it's yeah. funny because Kevin and Doyle and I talk about this a lot. I build hot rods. Yeah. I, yeah. That's you know, all was, they are I was just rods. about to ask yeah. you, do you consider the yeah, Chev absolutely. a hot rod? A hot oh, rod. absolutely. That's all it is. Sure. It's a hot rod. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and frankly, it's funny to have the provenance of, oh, Mr. Pro Street Guy, blah, blah, blah. And to now... Talk about pulling away from that a little bit. Uh-huh. And when I say a little bit, because people do accuse my 54 of being a pro street car. It has a 16 by 11 inch rear wheel. It has about 10 and a half inches of tread, mm-hmm. but it is tucked under the fender wells. Yeah. And it's really low. So it has that pro street look. Right. But guess what? I mean, take it from somebody who's been all over the country <laughs> in a pro street car. I don't care how well it drives, how well it rides, how well it runs. It's going to walk in the ruts of the road yep. because the tire is wider than the ruts of the road. Yeah. Yep. My 54 Chevy does not do that. Yeah. 
it drives like a perfectly normal car. Well, you know, How many the, miles do you have on it now? I don't know that of all of the my gauges, we never hooked up the odometer. Okay, but uh, or speedometer. Think five, six, seven, eight thousand miles. Truthfully, four thousand probably. Yeah, okay. But still, probably. That's yeah, we a went lot. on power that's tour. That's a lot. Yeah, we went on yeah power which tour. how long? How how long, how many miles is power tour? They talked about it. 1,200 miles. Okay. Yeah. 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 So there you go. But one of the things that I've been doing a lot, especially with all the COVID stuff going on, there's not a lot of events and stuff. Mm -hmm. I will literally get up on Saturday and or Sunday morning, yeah, 930 in the morning, jump in my car by myself and take off. Yeah. And yeah. not get home until around six or seven at night. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, I live, and I actually, I've done a few uh, social media posts about uh, photograph out the windshield mm -hmm. because, you know, people consider Ohio flat and boring, et cetera, et cetera. If you get to Southern Ohio, it's really pretty. Rolling hills. And so and I will go out yeah. and, you know, on state routes and be like, and just drive around. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. love it, love it, love it. Power <laughs> steering, power brakes. For, uh, for those of you who may not know, so it's a 54 Chevy. 427 LS motor based off an LS3 and a, a a six speed a six manual speed. six speed Magnum Magnum yes. six speed yes. and an, and a nine inch and the big tires correct yeah. yeah correct and and also taking a car that I always thought was and I I put this in the story clunky right. clunky right. and and when when you get done what when you got done with it it was not it was not well and that's one of those things and it that was it was all very mild things you didn't like chop and do all that crazy no, stuff. you just have to look at things from an artistic eye, which I will admit to having, mm -hmm. and and see the you, you can't even really call it beauty, uh, the the quirkiness yeah. in the car, and say yeah. I can make this cool. Yeah, yeah. But because I've always liked '54 Chevys, uh -huh. always. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. also trimming away. With the, the beam counters and how the car changed from its first initial in white, mm -hmm. and the master stuff he does it for those of you get online look at his car wait for the new issue hot rod to come out and study study that grill study his dash how many what how did you move the dash how much did you move the dash everything just to, was moved to the left an inch one, one inch. inch so but cut everything the dash out to move it, over, it one inch it in. so that so that the gauge cluster sat correctly over in the relation to the steering, the steering column, column. That, that is somebody paying attention to a detail and making it right because from the factory, they didn't care. It's like, yeah, hey, put it in there. It looks yeah. pretty good. No, yeah. they had a lot of stuff that they had to stuff in there. Yeah. Right, lots. Yeah. <laughs> and, and quickie, bullet and point the grill to me, front end. 54 Chevys have grill teeth. I love that. Yeah. Customizers put a extra tooth in between each teeth for a total of nine. Yeah. Or if they're really custom, they put a grill a tooth between those teeth for a total of 13. Ooh. And I like nine, mm -hmm. but it just has a custom look. But I love the teeth. Yeah. So I thought, what if I just rearranged them? Because it's easy to just throw teeth on it. Yeah. But yeah. if you start from a clean slate I, I rearranged them and i did seven uh -huh. and I, i'll tell you something i do a lot in which i teeth being the vertical bars the vertical bars yeah yeah right the no, vertical I'm bars across the <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm anyway leaving. yeah no right uh but uh um one of the things that i do and i was i started to ask if you ever have the opportunity or if you do photoshop 
if you have an idea, I will Photoshop the idea. Right, sure. And, and I took a 54 Chevy straight on front end shot, and I put, I rearranged the teeth and made a seven tooth grill, then I made a nine tooth grill. And then I put all three of the vehicles on top of each other on the computer screen. I mm-hmm. took a picture and I sent it to a girl I was dating that says that she's not a motorhead girl, but she grew up in that stuff. Yeah. She is. Yeah. But anyway, and I said, which is correct. And she said, top's not enough, bottom's too many. And I was yeah. like, correct. <laughs> so anyway, that's how the yeah, seven right. tooth grill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anything, bumpers, turned markers, everything else. Well, and there's something there. else there. And it's funny how I want to say your taste mature, but I don't really want to say that. <laughs> um, I've never considered having a car with bumper guards. You know, everyone wants a three, a one piece bumper on their car right. with a hood ornament. Oh my God. Yeah. But I wanted all that stuff on my car. Now, when I look at a bumper guard, I'm like, oh my God, the art in that. But it's a little clumpy. Yeah. So I just cut them down. So you shorten it. Shorten it. Okay. Then on the rear of the car, uh, and I had to learn all this stuff, you have two bumper guards and then something that connects them, mm-hmm. and your license plate bolts to that. Okay. The thing that connects them is an overrider. An overrider. Now. I've never heard that term before. That's interesting. Well, I kind of made it up just okay. now. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> so um, I cut my bumper guards down and narrowed my overrider, and now you put all that together, and it doesn't look clumpy doesn't anymore. It doesn't look clumpy anymore, it yeah. has, It's a little piece of art. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and one of the other things that I do that I make fun of myself about. So now I'm looking at the back of my car, and I thought, once again, you always take the, all the emblems off. I want a Chevy emblem on the trunk lid. Yeah. So I put the Chevy emblem on the trunk lid where it belonged, and I thought, that looks too high. I moved it down two inches. Perfect. <laughs> Who the hell ever see that? Yeah, right, exactly. But it's like, no, yeah. I like, that's where it is. That's or where it like is. your ba- gas door, where you, you have the classic 55 Chevy gas door on the side of the quarter panel. You just put, it, and put it behind the taillight right. and then hit it like a la 56 Chevy. Correct. You know, and if you don't know those cars, you would never pick up on that. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, cool. I've been at a gas station. People, well, yeah, I forgot the cars did that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but I couldn't figure out how they put gas in it. So I cut this hole in my taillight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I can go anywhere I want now. <laughs> it's I crazy. Put, I don't put gas in my car. Yeah, I just yeah, drive it. Yeah. 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 I had him push it here the first time. <laughs> but all of, all of this he's, that he's telling you about is a master class in restraint, a master class in positioning and repositioning for the better of the overall image. Yeah. Not for the sake of showing off fabrication talent. A lot of people um, do there's that. There's a now. lot of people. There's a lot yeah. of guys with so much talent, and they'll just make the Did car you shut your phone horrible. <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking like nothing's <laughs> happening. And it, could you please get that? There we go. I got Hand it. me the phone. I'll tell so, her. Well, and then the other part of this whole thing <laughs> is, and you brought it up a while back in one of our other, other podcasts, but stance, right? Well, he's <laughs> the master. The, the, the master. master of Thank you. Thank there's, you very much. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, I'll be there's, here all there's a couple of cars that I was lucky enough to be when he when he pulled in in either Canfield, Ohio, or wherever I w- was, and it's before I knew 
it was him. Mm. It, it, the first one was the Black 57. The Black Ooh, 57. I was, I, I can, yes. I, you could fly me back to that 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 field fairgrounds, and I can tell you right where I was, I was standing, and right when you slinked in around behind the where the where the where the where the grandstands were for mm-hmm. the for the horsing, you slinked around. And I went to my friend Sean. I ribbed him. I go, "That's Sullivan. I know it." <laughs> sure enough, he pulled up, came in the field, and he gets out, grinning like you know, like the cat that ate the canary. I'm like, yeah. "Dude, well, just makes a bad motherfucker of a car, man." You know, one of the things uh, about that in particular that's really interesting, and I'll tell you when I learned this is the Henry J. Yeah. And the point is that another I, awesome car, another I fantastic car. Yes. Always used to say, a car and and the stance, an inch matters. Yeah. Well, yeah, an inch matters. Sure. I decided to take the wide white walls off the Henry J, which it was it was a plan all along. Mm-hmm. Take the wide white walls off the Henry J and put Halibrands on it. Mm-hmm. So it was time to do that. I switched the wheels to tires, and the tire sizes were a little different than they were in the rear. Uh-huh. And it was just hammered in back. Yeah. And I thought, doesn't have enough rake. I need I need to take, I think it had, because that car has leaf springs, I think I had three-inch lowering blocks in it. Mm-hmm. And I th- said, I need to take a, put a two-inch lowering block in it, raise it up an inch. Yeah. I raised it up an inch and went, well, now it's four-wheel drive. <laughs> that so four-wheel drive. I made a two-and-a-half-inch lowering block <laughs> and put it in and went, perfect. Okay, yeah. So we're talking about yeah. a half-inch. Half-inch, right. Which, conversely, go to the front. Yeah. I built that car, the only car I've ever built with airbags. Yeah. The reason why was because when I pulled it in and out of my driveway, the front bumper drug. Okay. So I, I thought that was the only solution. Yeah. Well, I don't have much meaning none tolerance for airbags yeah and the first time something screwed up i said you know what i'm taking these airbags off Mm -hmm. and i'm going to raise the front bumper one inch and all i did was redrill the mouse move the bumper up an inch you can't tell it yeah yeah and the car never drove again that car is fantastic because if you know what a stock henry j looks like they always look like they're going uphill like they're you're driving on the road and they, they look like they're going uphill and we were talking about this one day because I'm not a body guy at all. And I said, how, how many, how many cuts to the fender? <clears throat> yes. And yeah. Well, I, you remember there, what it was? I think, well, it's, frankly, it's funny because I don't remember. I tell people the story, but two numbers come to mind. There are, the front fenders com- are comprised of 14 pieces or 21. <laughs> <laughs> Either one, it's a lot of pieces. It's a lot of pieces. So, the, so, the, and, and so your to line? paint the picture, the fender was actually cut into six. 14 people, we'll go the low number, yeah. 14 pieces making cuts and pie cuts and making it go er, 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 all over the place to still look like a Henry J, yes. Fender, but yeah. completely yes. change the aggression of the car. Yeah. Well, in a and nutshell. Now it looks right. It looks now like it, looks it right. should have looked like back in, in when and, they And you know it. what? Especially given where we're doing this in Cal- Southern California, I have to tell where that came from. Mm-hmm. In 1983, I think. I came to California for the first time. I ping-ponged around hot rod shops for a week just to, oh, I'm in California, this is great. And I landed at Fat Jack Robinson's. Ah, And Fat Jack, uh, I I wanted to move here, or I thought I did. Mm -hmm. And so I just was looking around, and after a week of driving around, I thought, if I don't do something with my hands, Mr. Nervous, I'll go home. And so I went back to Fat Jack's, and I said, I need a job. Yeah. And he said, man, it's around Christmas time. He said, I can't really hire you. 
And I said, I don't think you understand. I will work for free. Yeah. I said, just give me something. Give me to something do. to do. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this wasn't the story I was telling, but I was there a day, <laughs> and Jack comes up and he goes, It's obvious you know what you're doing. I can't have you working for me for free. So anyway, he I think it was five bucks an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so I worked for Jack and uh, Greg Morell, who should be a well-known name around here, yeah. uh, worked at Fat Jack's. Mm-hmm. And I drove my champagne Chevy 2 to California then. Mm-hmm. Hammered on the ground, louvered hood, rally wheels, yeah. no door handles. Right. So, first of all, I'm from Ohio. Second of all, I'm driving this hammered car. And, and I meet Greg Morell, and he owns a Henry J and an Anglia. Ah, yeah. Well, we're instantly friends. Right. <laughs> so we were talking one day, and and uh, I said, you know, I've loved those cars my whole life, but you can't get a Henry J. Low if the rocker panel is touching the ground. The front bumper is six inches from yeah. the ground. Yeah. And Greg goes, you just have to droop the nose. And I said, what? And he said, just droop the nose. I said, you can't droop the nose. The car will look broke. Yeah. And he said, here, let me show you. His car <laughs> was... In the back, and I, I don't recall, we pushed it out in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and then he had a fiberglass front end. Uh-huh. We drug it out you know, during lunch yeah. and stuck the nose on there, and I was like, holy crap. Because yeah. the Henry J, starting at the headlight, is really high, and then it arcs down. Tapers down. So you can drop that, and now it just... It just it's just continuous arc as uh-huh. opposed to a straight line and then an arc. Okay. So in eighty three, eighty five, whenever it was, I never forgot that. Yeah. So yeah. fast forward to nineteen ninety eight, I believe, and a gentleman approaches me about building a Henry J. Uh-huh. And I said, We gotta droop the nose. Yeah. Because yeah. I really don't know well, I'm sure there are some race cars that are done. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and I never yeah. got the opportunity to tell Greg that story. So I hope he hears it now. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just great stuff because that's the kind of stuff when you see that car, it just looks right. Right. But yet, you know, people don't realize the, the, the enormous amount of work. Because the, the, the 21 pieces, whatever it was, you had to do it on the other side too. Oh, yeah. And then, and all, and then I'll cut the hood up. Well, make, make as it, it all, turns out, yeah? all I did, the hood slid forward. Yeah. And I had to add two inches to the cowl. Really? Yeah. Really? So the hood's relatively soft. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So, And it's very weird, by the way, to hear him say, I didn't know that story. <clears throat> well, I knew parts that you came out and met up with Fat Jack. Right. But I didn't know you drove the Chevy 2. Yes. And before I moved out here, I had my El Camino done, but I didn't want to take it out first. <clears throat> so I got this 72 Olds Omega, which looks like a Chevy Nova. Right. And I blatantly copied your Chevy too. I same almost the same color. I use Ford's Fawn Beige Metallic. That's mine. Mine was right. color. I yeah. use I use yeah. that. I I got some bucket seats out of a Chrysler LeBaron, which are extremely comfortable. Put them in, dyed the interior in the saddle brown. Had a straight six in it. I didn't louver the hood, but I. You'll be proud of me. I'd drop that thing so low, I'd be going over, you know, the little separation from highway to bridges, yeah. and it would knock my transmission into neutral. <laughs> that thing was Not low. Not to say how low it was, that, but. That was low. I got, I, I looked just luckily by random, I had a whole bunch of VC, VCR tapes converted to digital, yeah. and I hadn't watched all through them. I found a minute and a half of me filming, and I had both the El Camino and the Olds, in my driveway, my dad's driveway, 
and the front bumper, I filmed it. The yeah. front bumper is at my shin. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's low. So <clears throat> when I came out to California for the first time, I was driving my, I wish I was as cool as Scott Sullivan car. <laughs> So and that's that was, neat to hear you drove that, that thing out car here. Too, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and so was yeah. mine. Mine so, was a six-cylinder car. So we're going to do something a little bit different here. We're going to split this thing up. Yeah. And, and, we're going to do and musical we're chairs. Bring in another guest and add a dynamic here. This will be kind of kind of staying with Scott. Scott's going to stick with us. Super. Yeah. Super. And, I thought I was on lunch and, break. And, and, right? Is that what we're doing? Well, who's going to yeah, okay. sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so stick with us, and we'll be right back. We'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor of ours. This is InTheGarageMedia.com. Some friends of ours that were in the print magazine business before and now started their own books. we got All Chevy Performance, Classic Truck Performance, and Modern Rotting. Yeah, these are awesome books. They've got uh, lots of uh, educational and entertainment things in them. And they're even good enough quality to include Steve Strope quality maybe, vehicles. Maybe. Uh, he's <laughs> we'll working see if up I'm allowed it. in there. Right. I don't know. So in the garage media, InTheGarageMedia.com. Check them out. Check them out. Get your subscription, sit and read it. And with ARP, it's not just a lot of intake manifolds, uh, studs for heads, but they also have a humongous selection of American and metric that we use all throughout the car, even large bolts that we use on the suspension components because you want that same strength, that same durability and reliability Plus the beautiful looks. And the stuff outside the catalog. Right. They have a special order program where if you're if you're a builder and you need some special stuff made, they can do that for you. So it's an amazing, amazing company to work with. So check them out at arp-bolts.com or check out their catalog. You'll find everything you're looking for. So uh, we have some changes in the lineup. Uh, this is not Jeff Smith. Standing in. This is Bob Florine. Bob does a lot of things with nuts and bolts, mainly a company called ARP. You may have heard us mention it once, twice, three times. Anyway, Jeff had to, I don't know, pee or something. So he left. And, <laughs> and, and now you're screwed because I'm going to run this thing for a, little, for a little tiny bit. So Bob is one of my best friends. Not sure why he puts up with me or why anybody does, but I'm I, thankful. I'm not sure why anybody puts up exactly. with me. Exactly. And then we left Scott because... Well, it's he's Scott Sullivan. Guy. Hey, yeah. he's kind of like a you know a, a human air freshener or something. It's good in the room. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I may consult this a Make couple a of times while we're doing this. So, um, the, the there's there's finger pointing, there's hands, there's there's reason that Bob needs close to get closer to, to the god dang microphone because no one can hear. Am him. I close enough? Yeah. Wow! Don't be creepy. That's excellent. <laughs> This is going well already. Nice. So, okay. Why are you just Jeff? Welcome to Car Guy Confessions. And you even said it better. Because Jeff usually just myrtle. How far into this are we already? I need to know. <laughs> are we done? Wow, we're so screwed. So, <laughs> so anyway. I'm new to radio. <laughs> are we doing radio? No. Is this radio? Check, please. <laughs> Aren't you going to ask me no, some questions again, about that crystal you, ball? You, you know on, what? Again, I've said this plug. before in other episodes. It's free. So hmm. I've watched the show, and I've watched you promote ARP products. Sure. And it's no secret that we're all friends. Sure. Yeah. But most importantly, I've been using ARP products for a long time, and to be honest, for the aesthetic reason. 
Yeah, it's but a, a combination jewelry. of aesthetic and, uh, uh, of course, there are strength applications. But, I mean, I have my 55 Chevy Cheese Whiz is 33 years old. And if you open the hood, and which I had initially built it without ARP bolts, but everything under the hood is ARP. If you open the hood of that car, it looks like it was built last week. Mm-hmm. And you can't, an average bolt is going to corrode, et cetera, et cetera. Not to mention the, the aesthetic part of it, how pretty they are. Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned jewelry, and we were discussing some of the cars that we were looking at here at the show. And the fact that, and I understand people's frame of mind in this respect, but if you look at an ARP bolt, it's very, very distinctive. You know it's an ARP bolt. Yeah. But there are people that will look at that bolt and think, yeah, that's stuff of the future. Art brain over here doesn't think that way. It's an attractive bolt that, that has no, you know, I don't associate that with spacecraft. So you can use it on anything. Yeah. Uh, and actually, you can cosmetically alter it if you wish. Just look as some people do. Really? Yeah. Um, I have uh, some that are glass beaded. I have some that are faced off. Uh, I have some that have a black coating similar to black oxide. Yeah. And uh, again, there, there you go. You know, to that many more choices options is a to six use point it. or twelve point, which gives gift different looks. Absolutely, yeah, it, yes. And we are we are uh, you know doing some internal uh, hex and some internal twelve points and some variations. We do some torques. Uh, we make some titanium product that is used uh, uh, in various HRE? places through the industry. HRE, HRE. wheels, the three piece wheels. Yeah, they're using a lot of titanium. The titanium in their wheels. Yep. yep. And so uh, and and. and to the aesthetic, um, on, on a on a, we're at the Grand National Roadster Show right now, and some of the best cars in the world are here at the Grand National Roadster Show, and the aesthetic part that they were talking about, you can tie a whole car together with ARP oh. bolts. It becomes part of that aesthetic. I, you know it what? ties everything together. It gives a consistency I throughout the car. I got a story absolutely fresh and uh, two hours old. We, we're showing a car we have here is a, a car we built for Joe Rogan. It's a Nova. And I was showing a judge the car. Popped open the trunk and uh, to show him inside because the trunk was closed for some photos. And um, there's a fuel cell in there and a bunch of other stuff that, uh, of course, are all ARP. And he went, you know what? I really like that you have the, you carry the theme of the fastener throughout from the, from the front of the car all the way to here. That, that's really, really, that's really attractive. So real-world application of what he's saying, I just had a judge tell me that unsolicited two hours ago. Jay, he noticed the hardware, noticed we had it everywhere he had looked, and it gave the car cohesive. Mm. It was part of the thing. He went, wow, you don't have, like, super shiny bolts on the engine in the back here or whatever. You know, he, he had noticed that and made a point of telling me so. So very, very true. A, a, extremely true. Yeah, and, 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 and uh, I, I can point you to many examples. I mean, Troy sure. Japan yeah. does it. I mean, it's on and on and on. 
uh, all friends of ours in the industry. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, um, and, and some of the top cars that have ever been judged have had that continuity throughout the whole car. I like that. And it ties it all together. I try to make sure my socks match even. <sighs> you know, it's in that people don't have ma- matching socks now. It's considered <laughs> off the an rail. thing. <laughs> now, I, I always wear black socks, so it doesn't matter. So know. do I. I just so one may be still short, try to make one may match. be long, but you know. This might not be a good topic, but you said continuity, and it's always the first thing that comes to mind. I'm sorry. I took the infamous 57 Del Rio wagon back to Scott because I I wanted to do power tour. Uh, Steve had builds that were critical. Yeah, we had some time frame nonsense going on. And and I needed to make changes to the car before I went on power tour. So I said, Scott, can you do some work on the car before we go on power tour? And, and I don't know that you other guys have noticed it. I'm sure you have. But the past year and a half, parts have been incredibly hard to acquire. You're waiting months, sometimes many months, to get parts. And so the wheels, that, the whole thing that started this, I wanted to run a different wheel. I had a wheel on it that Steve Stanford uh, designed, and I absolutely love the wheel. But about half of the people that see the car just hate the wheel. So I wanted to try a different wheel. You went with a more traditional. Yeah, more traditional. Hot rod wheel. Uh, hot rod type. So now wheel. he's waiting for rims. And so the, all we, four we of the match. For, yes, all four match. That's a, <coughs> that's a good thing. Continuity. Right, correct. Yeah. Um, so we're waiting for wheels. So we didn't get the wheels before Hot Rod Power Tour, but we did get the shocks and springs changed. And we uh, had to change the brakes. And we had to change the brakes because we're going down in the wheel. Yeah. Right. Anything else you'd like to add on that front? Anyway, we, we go out on Hot Rod Power Tour, um, and uh, it was quite an experience. Scott, Scott had the 54 mm-hmm. and brought along a friend mm-hmm. who we call Brenta Rick. Because he rode with Bob sometimes and me sometimes. It's like and a rent-a-friend, rent rent-a-rick. His name was Rick. It, yes, Rick, Rick Roberts, by the way. And and he, he did, you know, cleaning. See the guy with the various, Oldsmobile? Various things that we yes. should have been doing ourselves. Rick was, was so appreciative to be on Power Tour with us that he was falling all over himself to work on our cars and clean them and polish wheels and everything else. Slightly Bob and I worked good. on our tans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And Scott and I were sitting around going, <laughs> Got any more lotion over there? But uh, um, Steve, I don't want to know. I know you don't want to know about the lotion. lotion. Steve had asked about uh, Rick Cox. Yes. Yeah, see, that's yes. Radio Rick. Yeah, that's... That's not Renner Rick, that's well, Radio Rick. And he became Navigational Rick. No, he was that. Navigational Rick first, but Navigational Rick was too difficult to say, <laughs> so we decided to just call him Radio Rick. <laughs> a- anyway, the three oh. musketeers, uh, or the four musketeers... I I'm, a, we I'm a bad host. We, we had a great time. Uh, uh, Rick Cox had a... a 61, 61 old. old. <laughs> uh, with a big block Chevy in it, with the kaleidoscope... Crower, um, um, Crower, right? Where the Clippy yeah. sounds like Crower, Clippy, Clippy, Clippy. You'd be looking through big words. Yes, okay, yes, Clippy, and and uh, we just had a blast. We did. 
We had really, a really had a time. blast. It Rick Cox is an old, old uh, Pro Street friend. I did artwork for him on a Pro Street Cavalier around 1992, the I red, believe. Yes. Red Z24. Yes. I know way too much of this crap. And and uh, way Rick Cox is a super nice guy. Single and four barrel on a big block. Well, it has Dominator. nothing to do with him being a nice guy, but perhaps. No, I'm just at any rate, remembering the car. At any rate. Humor he, me. Wait, uh, should, I, should we call him? Do you want him to Go remember ahead. you? Yeah. I'm telling the story. Stop. Stop. Anyway, so <laughs> we ran into Rick Cox at, uh, in Dayton. Dayton. Yeah. Uh, stop on the power tour. Uh, the first had, stop on the power tour. Second. No, second stop. Yeah, yeah so, right. so we hadn't, um, hadn't seen him in years, and uh, he was by himself. In this big block Chevy powered injected Olds Pro Street car, and uh, I said, "Well, just drive with us because we're not going to drive on the same roads as the Power Tour." And uh, so it seemed like he was the best at for us to try and figure out when we were trying to figure out the incorrect route to take. Rick was good at that, so he became navigational Rick at that time. Now I should also interject because this is a fun part of the story. Absolutely in love with this car. Here's a again a, a uh, Calliope fuel injected big block Chevy. He's driving the wheels off this thing. It's it's converted, you know, electronic, et cetera, et cetera. So we started teasing him immediately. We would stop for the night or even a hotel, and I'd say, Rick, you gonna lock your car? And he'd say, Why? And I'd say, You never know. That engine could end up going out of that car at any time. And Rick's like, What? And I said, nah, I got to have that big block. That That's a pretty neat. So we'd all laugh or whatever. So then, of course, you know, motels, you better pull that thing around front. You're going to end up, something's going to happen with that engine. So we constantly ruining yes. the guy. I mean, oh, yeah. constantly. Yeah. Every stop, stop to eat, stop to the motel, anywhere we stop for gas. Well, you have to be consistent in yes. your <laughs> nagging. At any rate, we went through the entire power tour, just had an absolute riot. But then, like I said, decided that navigational work was really too much. And his voice is like, good evening. Thank you very much. I mean, we're like, this guy needs to be on the radio. So he hence has become Radio Rick. Now, the best part of this story, as I ramble on and on and on, is I have that engine in my shop. Scott got <laughs> the engine. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't even, well, I sort of stole it. But well, I, I thought the best part of the trip is we had zero issues on any car right. the whole trip. We never turned a screwdriver or a wrench the whole trip. And... It was fantastic, <laughs> and, and it's what makes these road trips fun. Right. And, and, and uh, when you think about hot rods, you think about, boy, I'm going to have to wrench on that when I get back. I've got to fix something when I get back. I've always oh, you can do it, something. and Jeff and, and I. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but we had none of that. None yeah, of it. You can you can wrench on your car while you're driving it. Jeff and I drove all the way across the country picking up parts of a 55 <laughs> Chevy 32 years ago. Yeah, something like that had never been done. At that time, though. No. Um, the technology that's available today wasn't available then. Uh, you know as well as I do, 10-second cars were trailered everywhere. Right, right. You and Jeff took a 10-second car and drove it across the country. I did. We did. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. 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 
That was back when they were all trailered everywhere. So well, one it, of the things that Jeff and, and I—it's not surprising that parts were falling off of the car. Yeah, one of the things that Jeff and I talk about a lot is the fact that they devoted 18 pages in Hot Rod Magazine to that story, and they could have devoted an issue with the stories. There were so many stories that were left out, mm. and and uh, Jeff, we had plenty more that we could tell at any given time about. You know the things that had happened on that trip, and then uh, I had to go home. So you so had to drive it back. I had to drive it home, and uh, I actually—and that's funny too. When you consider the build-up and hype and everything about SEMA now, oh yeah, I'm doing a SEMA build. Yeah, SEMA, SEMA, SEMA. I drove my car from L.A., put it in the SEMA show, and then drove it from there home. It was just on. It was just a stop it was on the way home. Unheard of, yeah. Especially a car that could run ten second quarter miles. What did it do? Honest ten, 10 second two, quarter miles. 10, two, six, 10, yeah, it was it was ten eighty one hundred thirty one, and that was shutting it off early, and it at a drag strip, L.A. County Raceway, where it was known for sand all over the track and many other issues. And it hadn't been prepared properly before you guys ran it, had it? No, and actually, the, the, uh, to this day, one of the funnier things, if, you, if I do a burnout in the car or whatever, the front of the car doesn't lift at all. And it has a four-link in, and I have to adjust the, the top bar, you know, the forward part of the top bar up to get the car to lift. And uh, when we were at the racetrack... And we were like, this thing has no, you can literally run faster than it would take off the starting line. Mm. And so we were like, we need to adjust the four bar. It was 98 degrees and a million percent humidity. And I was like, nah, I don't want to go fast that bad. <laughs> but truthfully, the, one of the things that uh, uh, I wanted, I mean, I was adamant that I wanted a 10-second time slip. And it had a 150 or 180-shot nitrous system. But the first, and knowing that the car didn't have a roll cage in it, uh, we were going to creep up on that time. And so we literally went a couple tenths each pass, faster and faster. And I went, Jeff made a pass. It was 11.08 or so and 126. And I went up in the tower, and it was, uh, I guess, the owner, Bernie, uh, his wife was running the clocks. And I opened the door, and she said, did Bernie say anything to you about going faster than 120 miles an hour without a, a roll cage? And I said, no, he just said we couldn't go 10 seconds. And she said, okay. So we went down, and the next pass was 1081 and 131. I walked in, opened the door, and said, thanks, bye. <laughs> but when we got back, um, Ken Thurm, uh, renowned pro stock driver or owner, racer, whatever, uh, was supposed to help us. And something came up, and he couldn't come help us. So when we were finished and uh, basically gave him the rundown of everything that had happened, he said if we would have adjusted the four-link bars and launched the nitrous from the starting line as opposed to 60-foot, that the car would probably go 990s. Oof. But once again, you're, you know, we're already – and they also said that 131 testifies that. Yeah. But the big thing is we weren't supposed to be going 10s. So, and, and, and Jeff was so, uh, in the magazine article, Jeff is like, well, I don't want to condone that the car, we went 10 seconds without a, uh, 
uh, roll bar. a roll bar. So I'm just going to put in, he put 1090 something. So, but it was actually 1081, 131. Uh, and that 1081 was actually at a 3,500 yes. foot altitude. So uh, that was the, uncorrected. No, no, as no, well. no. I think the 1081 was corrected. Oh, it was I correct. think. Yeah, it was correct. I it was think correct. It was correct. Uh, my, my I believe mistake. it was. Okay. No, because that, yeah, that'd yeah. be. Yeah. So it was corrected for altitude. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Pretty but impressive, Scott. Pretty impressive. Thanks. I'm, oh, who well, beat your ass out on Power Tour? Well, I made that story up. <laughs> well, mercifully, I just got the side that we got to wrap this up. Oh, no. No, no. I want, I want to have my ass kicked. <laughs> so, Bob, with the, we went to Power Tour. We were in Norwalk. We were in the tower, sitting where in the air conditioning. Bob looks at me, and he says, you want to race? And I looked at him, and I said, what? And he said, do you want to race? With the big, giant station wagon. And I, yeah, with, and I said, uh, you don't want any part of my car, pal. I'm going to tell you right now. Mm. And he said, well, let's race. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, let's go race right now. And I said, are you crazy? We're I said, racetrack. Yeah, I said, we're on the, first, the very first stop of Power Tour. If we break something, we're screwed. Let's break stuff. And, he and goes, I, I, I acquiesced. Is that a math? <laughs> what? So, did, did you just call me something? Yes. At yes, any you rate, did. So yeah, I said, okay, you're right. Oh. Uh, so anyway, I told Bob that that was not a smart idea. So we decided to go back to Dayton early, and we were on the street. And uh, we pulled up at a traffic light, and he was behind me. And it was about 10 o'clock on a weeknight. And I, I made a left-hand turn around, and now it's a long straightaway and a wide street. I nailed my car. I banged first gear. I banged second gear, and I stay the hell in it. I threw out third gear. And I look in my rearview mirror, and there's a station wagon about three inches from the back of my car. So we got back to my house, and I said, Bob, I have a question. Were you gaining on me, or was I in your way? Because there is a difference. And he was being polite, and he said, well, he said, we're pretty even. So later in the power tour. I was setting him up is what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what that so is. So we were in, and we were at the St. Louis track, and uh, – Oddly, next to the track is a straight. The staging lanes. And they're like yeah, some six people call lanes them staging wide. lanes. Yeah. And uh, so, anyway, Bob Plenty was sitting there. And I thought. And they're as long as the track. They're like a half a mile. Well, I didn't long. want to tell people that part. Yeah. But so, we're, Bob is sitting there as I come around the corner and I thought, oh, I know what this is. So I pulled up next to him, and I looked over, and we both took off, and he went really fast. <laughs> and I just went I kept pretty. Scott wasn't there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, well. Uh. But in, in, all, in all honesty, Scott had a traction problem. Yeah, I just gotten out of the hospital. A lot of men don't talk about there was that. The, my knee was in a cast, <laughs> and I couldn't shift a manual transmission, so I had to ask Rick to do it. And sometimes he'd be cranky and be like, "I don't want to shift that now," and I'd be like, "Come on!" 
wow, it sounds like a lot of excuses. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ask the magic eight ball. Yeah. No, no, did, I'm not going to ask the magic eight did ball. Did Scott have a lot of excuses? Oh, God. You can't read it. No, I can't. <laughs> Let me see. I don't know. Oh, it says pork. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go home. So, <laughs> so we've learned the history of ARP and the continuity of socks or something to do with yeah, socks. Yeah. And that our wagon's faster. Top. Um, actually, that this was... Enlightening. Sure. <laughs> That's what that was. I, poor, you know, when Jeff comes back, it's going to be like, you know, when your kids light the house on fire and you come back home. <laughs> it's kind of what's happening. It's kind of what's, what, what's happening in the living room right now. Uh, it's, uh, anyway, so Scott Sullivan, the, the irrepressible Scott Sullivan. That's more, a, more big words. I know. That's it's horrible. Big word. Yeah, I know it is. Ow. And of course, uh, 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 Bob Florine from ARP. And I, unfortunately, am Steve Strope signing off for Jeff Smith with no, Cardiac Confessions. No, he's over Brought there. Brought to you by ARP. That's right. What's your website? Uh, ARP-Bolts.com. There it is. ARP-Bolts.com. Please go there and get something for your car. And uh, really, please honestly come back again. I mean, we'd appreciate that. I won't be here. <laughs> yeah, don't hold this against Jeff. <laughs> See y'all.